The Chicago Bears have to cut their 90-man roster down to 53 in less than a week. And right now, we don't know who's going to be healthy by then. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On the show today, we're going to look at how the current injury landscape, which is pretty vast in Chicago, will affect the process of cutting this roster down to 53 players. We're not necessarily going to go like position by position through a full 53-man roster prediction breakdown, but I do think there are a couple of key spots across the roster that the current state of injuries makes it really difficult to predict how Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are ultimately going to shape that 53-man roster, and that's before they even consider bringing in other players off of waivers that were cut from other teams' 53-man rosters. But in particular, we're going to look at the offensive line in the wake of not only the Tevin Jenkins injury, but then on Tuesday, a Darnell Wright injury to be determined on the severity and extent of that issue. We'll look at the linebacker spot, where it's been hard to get any sort of resemblance of a consistent unit there, as well as cornerback, where... I think there's a few backup jobs up for grabs that are are a little bit hard to parse out here because of who's been available and who hasn't throughout this preseason process. But right now, the chief concern is on this offensive line because Tevin Jenkins is week to week instead of day to day, expected to miss at least one, if not two, if not three, if not four regular season games, depending on how the recovery goes. Matt Eberflus spoke on Tuesday and really didn't say anything of value about the Jenkins situation, just said, wouldn't say when it happened or what happened or how it happened, but just said he's week to week and not day to day. And they're, you know, preparing for life without him. We talked about the injury on yesterday's podcast. If you haven't listened to that yet, because the bears have replaced the, the replacement plan right now is Lucas Patrick at center, Cody Whitehair at left guard. I questioned that decision to that combination in particular, The Bears revealed Cody Whitehair dealing with a hand injury, so he's wearing a club, not able to snap the ball with the hand injury, which is part of why he's at left guard. Matt Eberflus said they just kind of prefer Lucas Patrick at center anyway, and Whitehair just play left guard, so it's an easy transition. So, I mean, I get it. It just still feels like a a weird mix. But, like, when we start to apply this to the 53-man roster and how many offensive linemen you keep on this depth chart, and specifically, like, who you keep on the 53 It becomes an interesting discussion here. Uh, Last year on the initial 53-man roster, the Bears kept nine offensive linemen. And given 
the, the Jenkins injury and now the Darnell Wright injury, I would suspect just because there's going to be guys that aren't healthy but aren't on necessarily on injured reserve, that they may want to keep nine offensive linemen again just to have a little bit of extra depth for the injuries that they're dealing with at this time. And so when you start to sort of parse out who that who those nine are going to be, like, of course, you know, we know the starting five. We know Larry Borum is likely to be, I mean, almost assuredly write it in pen. Larry Borum is the swing tackle for sure. He's been the guy that they've been relying on there. So he's pretty well locked in. Lucas Patrick... And, you know, it's obviously locked in as a backup who will probably be a starter at this point. So, like, those seven are for sure the guys, right? Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, Darnell Wright, your healthy starting five, plus Larry Borm as your top tackle, Lucas Patrick as your backup center who can also play guard. And then that leaves Jatiri Carter, Alex Leatherwood, Aviante Collins, maybe guys like Dieter Eislin or Doug Kramer, or they just brought in Logan Stenberg off of waivers, like, all those guys have an argument to make this 53, and it kind of depends on, okay, first of all, how how long-term is this Darnell Wright injury that just happened? We don't really have any details at this point as to whether that's something he'll be fine and it's not a big deal at all, whether he might miss the preseason game but be ready to go for week one, or whether it's going to be a multiple-week thing. We just don't really know at all. It's just that he limped off the practice field, essentially, is, is all we know at this point on Wright. So that adds a wrinkle in there, where if he's hurt, would you want to keep an extra player who can play tackle? Do you trust Alex Leatherwood to have the versatility to play some tackle, but he hasn't really played there much this 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 year and has struggled there historically in the past? So, and, and that that's part of this question mark too is like how much do they trust Alex Leatherwood in general? You know, I don't think he's shown a ton of progress this preseason compared to last year. I don't think he's looked like a guy that I would want to have to rely on in any meaningful regular season snaps, but do they still keep him with the idea that you still want to develop him and see if you can get more out of him up to that point? Or do you cut your losses at this point and say, yeah, we tried and didn't really get anywhere. So we'll move on. Cause you know, a guy like Jatyree Carter has played so well this preseason and he was part of the 53 man roster last season as well. It's not act like he was a practice squad guy all year either. So like, to me, it feels like Carter is probably front runner, to be the eighth offensive lineman, you know, the, the third backup with Borum and then Lucas Patrick. And then the question becomes, you know, who else? I, you know, I've seen people suggest that, you know, Doug Kramer's played pretty well and that he's making progress, that he could be a part of this offensive line depth chart on the 53-man roster. And the challenge there with Kramer is that we haven't seen him play either guard spot, right? He's been purely a backup center only and not offering some of that positional versatility. So it's like, do you, do you, but because Lucas Patrick is into the starting lineup and Cody Whitehair is in the starting lineup, you don't really have another backup center under contract there. And especially if Cody Whitehair's hand becomes a longer term issue, like you're going to need somebody else who can snap the ball. So then is that Doug Kramer? Is that Dieter Iselin, who has really been third string all preseason and hasn't particularly stood out, but can play guard and center. So does that give him a leg up there just even for the first couple of weeks? And then you can put him on the practice squad later on once guys start to get healthier. Or do they just, you know, again, look outside of the organization at some free agent options. We went through a few of those on the podcast yesterday. A lot of questions about what this offensive line depth chart's going to look like. I still think there's a decent chance they do bring in someone, even if it's a waiver wire cut from another team. But if not, Probably Borum, Leatherwood, Patrick Carter as your four backups. But if they need the center depth, maybe Iceland or Doug Kramer could potentially sneak into that conversation as well. A few other a few other guys in similar spots where it's like, okay, there's guys that are injured. So then do they keep extra players at, say, 
linebacker, for example, do they keep linebackers who haven't really participated much this preseason versus guys you might be able to get away with stashing on the practice squad? We'll go through some of the questions there about guys who have been preseason standouts versus guys that they've brought in that you think should be better, but we haven't really seen it yet this preseason. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good and feel good in the world's most comfortable shorts. I uh, And well, they make pants too, but I love I love wearing my Bird Dogs. They've got liners built in that are super comfortable. And for me, like I've never been like a briefs guy or even a boxer briefs guy. I've always preferred kind of the, the boxers with a little bit more room and a little bit more, you know, space in, in your nether regions. But I've, what I've, I've really liked the Bird Dog liners because they're not tight and restrictive in any way but they're super comfortable and flexible and movable and just kind of gives you everything you're looking for in your shorts. You got to check them out for yourself. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter in the promo code locked on NFL to get a free white tech hat with your order. I actually just wore mine golfing over the weekend. It was super light, comfortable, kept the sun out of my eyes and it looks really sharp too. I love a nice white hat. It's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for that free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. The Bears linebacking core has really not been healthy throughout the preseason. This is actually good timing that um, Tremaine Edmonds just came back to practice or started ramping back up into practice yesterday for the first time in quite some time. And he's not full speed yet, but getting back out there in the lead up to the regular season is good. But, you know, we haven't seen TJ Edwards or Tremaine Edmonds play in preseason games up to this point. And we've seen the Bears cut a couple of the bottom of the roster linebackers throughout the preseason here due to lar- largely due to injuries and getting other veterans or other undrafted guys rotating into that mix there that, you know, guys like I think Davion Taylor was the latest one to go there. And of course they brought in Michael Walker from the Atlanta Falcons. And we've, we've just seen a, a decent number, a decent amount of turnover on the back end of that linebacker spot as the bears try and get more depth there and get more of a healthy unit up front. And as a result of those injuries, we've gotten to see a lot more extended playing time from really two rookies in particular. Uh, of course, Noah Sewell, the fifth round pick out of Oregon, but also Micah Baskerville, the undrafted rookie for agent out of LSU has played a lot of middle linebacker through the preseason and played particularly well. Like he's stood out as certainly the best of the undrafted free agents, I think. And I think on the roster, the the undrafted free agent with the best shot at making the 53-man roster, I guess aside from Tyson Bajant, who is now, you know, accelerating quickly in that regard. But like of everybody else, like most of the other UDFAs have been largely unimpressive and not really making a name for themselves. De'Anthony Jones on the D-line is probably the other one who's up there quite a bit. You know, maybe a Braylon, Braylon Trahan or something. But Baskerville really has been kind of a one of the training camp heroes on defense this year as far as undrafted free agents making a little bit of a name for themselves. And all of a sudden, like, you start to do the math on the linebacker position, and you're, I, I find myself kind of struggling, like, okay, who is, who is going to make that 53-man roster? Because, like, of course, again, we know top of the depth chart, starting lineup type guys, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, absolutely locked in. Jack Sanborn and Noah Sewell are kind of competing to start, but whoever wins that and whoever loses that, are they're all going to make the 53-man roster. Like, those four are the locks at linebacker. Edwards, Edmonds, Sanborn, Sewell. From there, I, I, you know, it's tough. I don't know that I have a, I don't know that I have a great 
answer as to what happens next there. Right? And that's, I think that's what I've been struggling with at linebacker here. So earlier this off season, like during the first month of free agency, the team signed linebacker Dylan Cole on a one-year deal, I believe over from the Tennessee Titans. And he's a guy who, you know, I don't think he's ever been like a plan a 17 game starter type for any team. But he's been, he was in the starting lineup for the Titans last year when they had some injuries there. And he's always been a core special teams guy for the Titans and the Texans before that. Like he's, he's like 29 years old and in what, this is his seventh year in the NFL. Like he's an experienced veteran backup at linebacker. And that was kind of why they signed him, you know, to replace like the Matthew Adams of last year who can be experienced if you need to plug him in for an injury, but otherwise a, a good mentor for young players and a really good special teams player to be a core player in that regard. But Dylan Cole has missed a ton of training camp practices, hasn't played in any of the preseason games. And at some point you have to ask like, okay, if he just doesn't, isn't involved in, isn't practicing much at all throughout the month of August, do you keep him on the 53 man roster? If you just haven't seen him around the team all that much, like does his six years of track record before that, uh, before this outweigh the fact that he just hasn't been available. I mean, we hear a lot that like your best ability is availability and he has not been available for this defense. So do you, do you keep that guy sort of trusting that, Hey, we signed him relatively early on as a free agent compared to other players for a reason, right? We liked him enough to go out and make him somewhat of a, not a money priority, but a timing priority early enough in the process to say, we like this guy and want to make sure we get him in. It wasn't on a whim right before training camp, sign him to fill the bottom of your depth chart. It was like, no, this guy was signed to be a core piece of this depth. So is that enough then to say, all right, well, we haven't seen him in the preseason, but we just trust that he'll be good to go. To me, it feels that way because of how early they signed him. But then, okay, so even if you include Dylan Cole, that's five linebackers total. Do you keep only five or who do you keep then at that point as the sixth? Because you've got, again, the aforementioned Micah Baskerville, who's been very impressive as an undrafted rookie free agent. But as a UDFA, I don't think any team, if you waived Micah Baskerville and, you know, cut him and try to move into your practice squad, I don't think you're at risk of another team claiming him and putting them on their 53-man roster. Like, I don't think an undrafted free agent, it's pretty rare for them to be claimed by another team. It happens, and I can't say it's out of the question, but it's likely that you could get Baskerville to the practice squad. So... Do you say, well, you know, even though Baskerville has played well, we can stash him there. So let's get him there and then keep, say, a Michael Walker who came over from the Atlanta Falcons just a couple of weeks ago. But has he been around long enough to be a guy that you're going to keep on your 53-man roster? I was kind of unimpressed by what we saw in the first or in his first preseason game with the Bears, which was the team's second preseason game this past season. But one game is maybe not a fair enough sample size to determine whether or not he's a guy who belongs on this 53. And he started 12 games for the Falcons last season, was a top backup for them, a special teams contributor, had a couple interceptions and over 100 combined tackles last season. Still about to turn 26 years old, but a, you know, a, a, what a fourth round pick in 2020, still a lot of upside and perhaps untapped potential. So do you, you, know, do you roster him? But then like he hasn't been around all that long either. So how reliable is he? But it's like, I don't know that you can go with Baskerville, because then your backups are two rookies, Sewell and Baskerville, and then a veteran in Dylan Cole who hasn't played in this defense at all. So like no one on your backups would have any kind of defensive experience in this unit. I guess Walker wouldn't either, but at least he's been around for more of the preseason. Like it's, it's just a weird linebacking group. Like Demarcus Gates 
has been hurt throughout this whole process, so I don't think he's going to make the 53-man roster. You know, Barrington Wade has been in and out of lineup. Like, guys have just not been healthy or performing at a high level. And it feels to me, linebacker is a prime position where I would expect the Bears to claim someone on waivers to add more depth there, considering how many other changes they've made to the depth, to the depth chart there throughout the preseason. And I think Baskerville is probably destined for the practice squad, but maybe especially if he has a, thir a good third preseason game against the Bills, if he can impress enough and say, screw it, we don't need to try and stash him on the practice squad. He's, he's good enough to play right now, get him on the 53. It's not out of the question for him either. Maybe the most difficult one of these for me, as far as where injuries are affecting the decision here, is at cornerback right now, where it's another one of these equations where, okay, guy who's been hurt and hasn't played versus guy who has played but maybe isn't as good as the guy who's been hurt. But if you're not out there, you're not out there, and that goes a long way towards who's going to make this 53-run roster. We'll, we'll take our turn our attention particularly to the slot between a name that I think we're excited about and a name who's quietly making a name for himself in front of this Bears coaching staff next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% sure that you're getting the quali best qualified candidates available to hire. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I mean, millions of people are on LinkedIn. I'm, I have a LinkedIn account. I'm guessing you probably have a LinkedIn account, or if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, most of the people you work with have LinkedIn profiles. So you've got access to a bunch of really qualified people, but LinkedIn has simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates that have just the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires compared to their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I don't know what to do with this Bears cornerback situation with the injuries that they've had lower down on the depth chart and the way the bears have kind of chosen to play chosen. Yeah. have chosen to play different guys in, in those spots. Like certainly again, comfortable at the top, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon in the slot then, and then Tyreek Stevenson likely on the other outside spot. Although Terrell Smith, the rookie out of Michigan also competing or excuse me, out of Minnesota. I hate hope to didn't insult any of our big 10 fans there, but out of Minnesota uh, competing in that starting job, but feels like he's, solidly behind but like those four guys are locked in as the four sure things on your depth chart and then then it's a really pretty open competition for whoever cornerback number five is and ultimately if they all if they keep cornerback number six or not depending on how deep they want to go on their cornerback depth chart for me Jalen Jones last year undrafted rookie free agent was such a core special teams player throughout last season and has continued to be a heavy special teams player this preseason. To me, I think he's got a pretty clear edge as the number five cornerback. So Johnson, Stevenson, Gordon, Smith, Jones. But you need to have a backup player in the slot in particular before for Kyler Gordon. And Jalen Jones has played exclusively on the outside. Terrell Smith 
has played pretty exclusively on the outside. Tyreek Stevenson actually has played two slots, two snaps in the slot this preseason, which has been interesting. As when the guys go in motion, he stayed in the slot a couple of times. Something to keep an eye on. But really, it feels like okay, they need a backup for Kyler Gordon at that nickel slot cornerback. Last year, the backup slot was Josh Blackwell. We saw him start some games when Kyler Gordon was injured, and he played particularly well. He's got good speed, made a couple of nice plays on the ball, looked like a guy who belonged. He was a guy who the Bears claimed on waivers from the Philadelphia Eagles right after the 53-man roster cutdown day. Like He was one of those guys they said, let's bring him in and, and make it happen and see what he can do and develop him, and I think he got better as the year went on and also was a really core special teams player, four-phase guy, punt coverage, punt return, kickoff coverage, kick return, Everywhere there were special teams, Josh Blackwell was not only involved, but also making good tackles, making good plays, and smart and valuable on special teams. But he has not played in any preseason game and hasn't really practiced. I don't know if he's practiced once in the month of August, at least not in an open practice to the public, as far as I can tell. He's constantly missed practice throughout this process. They still say he's day-to-day. We don't know what's going on, what injury he's been dealing with. And it's the same question about Dylan Cole, right? We love Josh Blackwell. I think Josh Blackwell has a lot of potential and a guy who's worth developing. But if he hasn't played at all throughout this whole preseason process, right, it's not like he's been a 10-year pro or something that you know exactly what you're going to get. He's still a young guy. How, you know, has he earned that, that, that cachet to say, yep, he's still worth keeping on this team, even though he hasn't been healthy, hasn't really been competing with the other guys at cornerback? Instead, the prom- the primary backup slot guy has been Greg Stroman, who also came to this team late last season, started late in the season for them, mostly as an outside cornerback, but has some versatility there. And still younger, 27 years old, a former seventh-round pick by Washington, actually started a handful of games his rookie season for Washington, has inside and outside versatility, and is looking pretty comfortable in the slot in the preseason. Small sample size, not a great opponent. You know, like, I don't know that I would have a ton of faith or trust in him just yet, but like he's been healthy and he's played and he's been in the system for more than a year now. Like there's a real shot for him to make the 53 man roster and Blackwell, like if he's going to be injured this whole time, you know, do you stash him on injured reserve then or physically unable to perform less? Like to me, it, that's a tough, it's such a tough call because I think of all the reason in the world to keep Blackwell, but so often we see a guy who's hurt just doesn't get that chance to actually stick on the 53 because you got to be available and prove to this team every year that you deserve that roster spot. Like he's not old enough or experienced enough or proven enough to just automatically earn that and be handed that as, as a backup slot cornerback. So then does Stroman end up taking that job? Because just by default, he's been the guy getting in the slot. Michael Ojemudia has also been playing early in games as an outside cornerback. Like could, could he unseat Jalen Jones? He's certainly ahead of Kendall Vildor, who we've you know notably not mentioned up to this point in this discussion because he's been functionally buried down the depth chart in addition to listed buried down the depth chart just has not played very early in any of the preseason games and it doesn't feel like at this point he's got a spot on this 53-man roster but more experience than everybody else on this depth chart so he's still got to be in this mix too so cornerback is still a weird position to try and figure out what the bottom of that depth chart's going to look like much like the linebacker position is in a similar boat because largely because of injuries giving us an unclear look at who's going to be there and, and who's not. I think wide receivers in this discussion as well with with all the injury that Dante Pettis has had and certainly Vilas Jones was hurt a little bit and T- Tyler Scott and now Chase Claypool, again, in and out of practice. So do they keep an extra wide receiver there? Does that clear up a spot for Dante Pettis to make the team? Or does Vilas Jones lose, miss the team? People are rooting for Doris Fountain to make the team after some of the big plays he's had in the preseason. 
to me, he's probably still a practice squad guy at this stage of the process, but you never know. So it just, it, the Bears are in a weird spot injury-wise that makes any old 53-man roster really hard to predict up to this point. Perhaps the third preseason game will give us some more answers. Perhaps more guys will get more healthy between now and then, get some practices under their belt and feel like, okay, he's good. He can make the 53-man roster. But, you know, we'll keep close tabs on certainly what they do with the 53-man roster, how the third preseason game goes, and any other transactions the Bears make on this roster. So that's why you got to hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We really appreciate our everydayers that have been tuning in five days a week for your daily Bears fix because then when you tune in five days a week, you get your podcast every day. That means also every day you, you get another opportunity to bear down. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.